Hello, I'm Damon. And I'm Audra. And we are Sorry Right Number. Tonight's episode is 10? 11. It's 11. Episode 11. Tales from the Dark Side. January 13th, 1985. Jin, no chaser. I'm still not 15 yet. You're still not 15 <laughs> yet? Okay. I was like, where were you in 1985? January of 1985. I was a 7th grader. And we just got back from Christmas break. I think I meet Alex a couple weeks after that, maybe. <laughs> we were seventh grade, eighth. Well, grade. these are on Friday nights, right? Um, these these were Sunday nights. Oh, these were Sunday nights. I was gonna say if they were on Friday nights. I was probably at the roller skating rink. Because uh, I was in ninth grade. Gotcha. All right, let's get into this shit show of an episode. <sighs> no Chaser. Mental patient Danny Squires tells his unseen psychotherapist the story of how his wife Connie purchased an old lamp, rubbed it, and brought an ill-tempered genie into their lives. Okay, where do we start? This show, this episode was just fucking god-awful. The acting was visibly bad. Now, generally when you look at, like, old TV, acting, you know, is... Acting styles can be, like, generational. Mm-hmm. Like, um... You know, in the 50s, the women were always over the top and, you know, very well, yeah. melodramatic. Well, like and like 30s and 40s, the same thing, because they were so used to being theater actors, and they had to project, you know, and yes. they had to, like, they learned to tone it down. The 80s was real big on... This was... This, this played out like an 80s sitcom. Yes. And that's not a good thing. No. It... I mean, Charles the- Levin is the sh- star of this episode. Now, people who don't know, he's a character actor. Uh, and, drink. Yeah, take a drink. Um, but he um, he was, like I was telling Audra earlier, he's kind of like Wolf, Will Ferrell now. He's, guy, he's never like a stand-up, or if he did, he was never a stand-up of note. But he was always in comedic stuff. So he's like a comedic actor. And uh, like... Like the same year he did this, he was uh, he was in this is Spinal Tap, mm-hmm. and he's also in The Golden Child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's in, he's always plays the comedian. Even if he's in a serious movie, he's always the com- comic relief. But he's not funny, and the writing's not funny, and the acting's bad. Well, like, and it's for, just not fun. First <laughs> of all, it's like, kind of my nerves. You know, yes, this is Tales from the Dark Side is all law. You know, um, Twilight Zone and Amazing Stories Outer and Limits. Outer Limits and all of that genre, where it is a fantasy thriller. But you know, if you're arguing with your wife in the parking lot over her wanting to do Turkish-style decor, and a tent suddenly appears, a Turkish bazaar tent just poof appears in the parking lot. And you're like, oh, was that there a second ago? I'm like, no. <laughs> what, the, what are you going to do? It was, it was so they, really bad. Yeah, so they get this lamp. They, they get it home. It looks like an old, you know, genie lamp. It's really big, though. Mm, and, stereotypical, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you were to, you know, it just looks like a lamp that you'd rub and a genie would come out. But it's like, it's bigger than normal. It's, yeah. 
It's like two and a half feet long. Yeah. And um, she rubs the lamp to polish it up a little bit. And, and of course, the genie doesn't pop out. He can't. He's stuck talk. in the lamp, but he can talk. And he's pissed. And he's pissed because he's been in there for, was it, 10,000 years? Mm -hmm. And it, it's, a, it's voiced by Kareem Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> Now in the eighties, late seventies, you're <laughs> in the late seventies, early eighties. Kareem, Kareem, he was in a lot of uh, he was in a lot of TV and mm -hmm. you know stuff. He was like a personality because you know people made a big deal because he was a jock, but he was the guy had a master's. He's like a couple of master's degrees. Yeah, I know he's a smart man. He's very smart, and um, so when he you know and he also made a name for himself outside of basketball because he was in you know one of the most popular Bruce Lee movies Game of Death mm -hmm. and he trained under Bruce Lee and mm -hmm. so he was like a, he was just one of those one of those uh, he was like a celebrity athlete that became even a bigger celebrity outside of the sport kind of like OJ and Bruce Jenner in different ways yeah he was in the, he was also one of the pilots in the airplane movies mm -hmm. so um He's pissed and he's real, he does a lot of, he doesn't, he, he, he'll grant a wish, but he's just a, he's just a real dick. He just well, yeah, does, he just, he, he made up it, their lives. He yeah, he fucked up their, their lives. He, he wouldn't let them leave their house. He made it rain in their house. He, he hated the husband. He did not like the husband. He even told him if he left, <laughs> he told me if he left, uh, his wife is the one that rubbed the lamp. So, you know, she, um. Uh, you know, she's the one that has to endure this. He doesn't have to. And he's refused to leave his wife, which, you know, he should refuse to leave. But at one point, she tells him, you should go. And um, then somehow he ends up in a straitjacket. Yeah. There's for, no real, That's like, enough. They, they don't really tell you. He just went to a nut house. He's wearing a straitjacket. Because they just put you in those. Yeah. And he's telling his story. And then he's like, I'm all better now. And then he leaves. But he's still I, that's not in the If you're committed, if you're committed by the state, mm -hmm. you don't get to decide when you leave. No. It's just, it was just silly. And he just goes home. Yeah, it was just silly. So he, he after they've endured a lot of this shit, and they look, you know, the house is in shambles. They look like they, it looks like, um, they look like they've been living in the house without taking showers or it looks doing like a anything. crack house yeah it looks like a looks like a ramshackle crack house and before it wasn't a fancy apartment but mm. it was at least clean yeah but they can't leave he like puts animals in the hallway and tigers and <coughs> and then chases them back in so so he finally leaves he goes to the nut house comes back and the place is immaculate and it was like it, it, for 1985 you know, it was really swanky mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> and uh, the genie's out the genie's out and he's you know seven foot two <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and in a he, suit yeah and he's happy and he's him and the wife are friends and it really was she just gave her some deep dick and she just needed you know all problems like all problems they're solved with big black dick <laughs> that's basically that's what I first thought was going on I was like, is he fucking her? She's like, no. She just let him out of the out of the genie lamp. She using, found a can opener and got him out. And he's all, everything's great, and they're gonna be the three of them are gonna be friends. And this is just it was just fucking eye rollingly dumb. It just what and it was like, 
We're leaving out a bunch of stuff, but not really because who gives a shit? Well, here's one of my notes. Ha ha ha, waterbed. <laughs> they had a waterbed. <laughs> yeah. Remember waterbeds? I had a waterbed. I had a waterbed. Mine leaked, though. Mine, so. well, they all leaked at some point. Well, mine leaked like the day I bought it. I had to mm. get a patch for it, and then mm. it, it, it was fine for like a month, and then it started leaking again. It was awful. Well, you shouldn't have given it a big black dick, and... I shouldn't have. <laughs> I needed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to come fix it. Yep. I'm like, you can fuck one of my roommates. I don't want any, any part of this. But Jin uh, uh, No Chaser, I... Uh, it's bad. I don't need to revisit it ever again. No. I was I was I was face-palming. It was like the most unfunny comedic episode. It of, wasn't even campy. It was no, it was supposed to be, but it was just annoying. It was just mm-hmm. annoying. I can't imagine this was funny even in 1985. No. In fact, watching this episode, I've suddenly realized, oh, this is why they only got two seasons. Uh, they got three. They got three? I yeah. thought we only we got, got, we got three. We got, mm. we got three seasons to chew through. Mm. Some better than others. This is definitely a low point. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go into the day of. So we're looking at January 13th, 1985. Um, hit songs. A little different than last week. Ooh, Wham! Wham! Moved down about notch. They moved down. They're not even in the top ten anymore. Ooh. We have number one, Madonna's "Like a Virgin." Of course. Jack Wagner, "All I Need." Oh, that's a good song. Okay. One of my favorites, Duran Duran, "Wild Boys." Oh yeah, that was a great song. Uh, uh, Net, um, Led Zeppelin, "Offshoot," The Honey Drippers, "Sea of Love," Pat Benatar, "We Belong." Love that was a that's... fucking. You're talking about you were a kid in the roller rink. That was a roller oh, rink. Oh, you know, you know, I. That one Pat, was on heavy rotation. I remember that. Pat Benatar, in general, when you talk about the first albums you bought, mm-hmm. the first album I bought was Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, I Love Rock and Roll. Mm-hmm. The second album I bought was Pat Benatar, Heartbreaker. Oh, jeez. So, I, yeah, I was <laughs> skating to that. I was roller skating to that for uh. sure. Number six, Chicago. You're the inspiration. Mm. I used to love that song. It's, I had that the four, is I had that 45. Oh, God. Brian yeah. Adams, Run to You, New Edition, Cool It Now. I had that too, also. That actual Brian Adams album was my first concert. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Julian Lennon, Violet. Violet. And of course, Bruce Springsteen, born in the U.S. Born in the U.S.A. I, I, I know it's blasphemous to say I'm I, not a fan of Bruce Springsteen. I'm not a Springsteen fan. I think fan he either. sucks. I, I don't think know, he I, sucks, but I'm not a fan. I, okay, he's an accomplished musician. Right. I am not a fan of his music at all. I find it boring and a little boring. Rednecky? Not necessarily rednecky. Um. Because it's so funny, he, he appeals to the rednecks, but he's not a redneck. No, he's not. He does not, not by, even by you know not, not by his attitude or by his policies or what he what he, what he believes in. It's no. so the opposite of that. He's very liberal. Yeah, I remember <laughs> when Reagan was using his song as a reelection, mm-hmm. and he sent Reagan a cease and desist. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't at all. Stand for what year? Right. And everybody loved Reagan. (sighs) But no, I'm I'm not what you would call a a Springsteen fan either. So I can appreciate a couple of his songs, but I've never paid money for them. Movies uh, note that week. I've never heard of this movie. It's Kevin Costner and Judd Nelson, uh, Fandango. 
Remember that? It was terrible. Oh, you've seen it? I, I remember it. Uh, this I, one I did see because I was hoping to see some nudity and there wasn't any. Tomboy. Uh, I was told by a friend of mine. It was I remember when I saw this on cable. It sounds familiar. I can't remember it. Um, it has Betsy Russell, Gerard Christopher. Christopher. Um, she was. Uh, well, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I don't give. I don't care enough to to, to look, look it up. up. Uh, and Timothy Hutton and Sean Penn, <coughs> Falcon and the Snowman. That was a decent movie. Yeah, that was that. really underrated. I don't remember a ton of it, but I do remember liking it. It was watching a, it. it was a suspenseful movie. Uh, so, folks, that is uh, Jin No Chaser. Uh, we'll see you next week with episode twelve. Twelve, yeah, episode twelve, and that is going to be my notes. All alone oh, by the telephone. Yeah, yeah that's right. All yeah. Alone. Yeah, folks, uh, slight spoiler. We found a show, <laughs> we found an episode that we hated even more than this one. This one. one. <laughs> and that is the next one. So we'll see you next week. Shoots. I'm Damon. And I'm Audra. And we are Sorry Right Number. Okay, tonight's episode, episode 12. January 20th, 1985, All a Clone by the Telephone. First of all, title sucks. Yeah, it does. It kind of doesn't really roll off the tongue. And it makes absolutely no sense based on the, the show. Stupid. All right, we'll get into this. This, uh, okay. This 20 minutes, I want my life back. Yeah. The life of failed TV screenwriter Leon is taken over by a voice that emanates from inside his answering machine. Okay, this was done by Harry Anderson. Who um, at the time was uh, he, up and coming. I don't think he'd even been on Cheers yet, had he? Um, oh, yeah, he'd already been on Cheers and oh. Night Court. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Night Court was in 84. This is oh, in 85. Okay. He may have been on... Yeah, God. He was on Cheers from 82 to 83. So he'd already done okay. his run on Cheers, and he was the first year in the Night Court. Okay. So. So he was more than an up and comer by this point. Absolutely, okay. but it, what's weird about this is that the acting, not just him, all of it, all of was it, terrible. And and like the guy who played his agent, well-known character actor, yeah, Dick Miller. Yeah, He's in everything from the '60s, '70s, '80s, everything. Yeah. He was in, like, Barney Miller even, wasn't he? Uh, I can look it up. I, I wouldn't have doubted. He was in everything. Everything. And in all the cops. I'll just give, I'll just, just right off the top of my head, I know he's in The Howling, he's in The Burbs, he's in Gremlins, he's in The Terminator, he's in... Uh, oh, that's right, he plays Demon the guy Knight. with the snow plan. Uh, term, yeah, he's in, in Demon Knight. He's in... I mean, he's he passed away, actually, uh, January of last year. He was 90. You know... Uh, just a quick sidebar. I forgot to talk about it. The last episode, anyone that listened to the last episode, uh, we, uh, was the, um, oh, was it Jin No Chaser, yes. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that actor, Charles Levin, he, he, he died um, this year. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, he wasn't that old. 
he was, um, yeah, he died this year in Selma, Oregon. No. He was 70. He had a, he was rock climbing, had a fall, died. That was kind of crazy. Well, right. and then, and then Sean Connery. We uh, Sean Connery died today. Mm-hmm. Halloween. Um. Because uh, we do multiple, we do re- we do multiple shows in in a, in, a, in a time, and we're doing this Halloween night. Cause... Yeah, Sean Connery uh, died today. Uh, also, ninety years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, all alone, yeah, all alone by the telephone. Yeah, so we're back to this piece of garbage. So let me get into the. Well, let's get into it. So this guy, he is a failed writer, and he gets a call. Well, he gets an answering machine. You, you do this one. This is so it's, annoying. He gets an answering machine. And this is like when the answering machine was a fucking piece of furniture. So oh, yeah. Not, everyone, you, had everyone, had everyone had one. Everyone had one. And it, well, it, it, it was bigger than a, D, a v, well, VCR. It was as big as a VCR. Mm. Had two tapes. They were good size. They were smaller. The one in there was this big. Like, I, was, I, I saw the episode. Yeah. I mean, but so, and this was a time when everybody was just now getting the answering machine. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even think we had one at home, but we had, you know, like, whole waiting. But, um, yeah, so his answering machine basically has a mind of its own. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it has his voice. And it has his voice. And there's a couple of mentions of it being from an alternate reality but they don't ever explain why or where or what or Which is how. fine. I mean, I don't ever need to be... I don't need stuff to be spoon-fed to me all the time. And sometimes but, it's better if it's unknown. Well, it just is. It is, but at the same time, it, like, insults his girlfriend's mother. And she breaks up with him yeah. over it. Uh, and it wasn't like... And let's be clear. It wasn't like... Uh, he called his, her mom a bag... Bag lady, a bag lady. So that was the, that was that constituted enough of an insult to cancel the your wedding plans. Mm-hmm. And I say, fine, if that's what it takes, you don't need to be with this bitch. But but she wasn't wearing a bra, so you I know, didn't maybe, realize that. Oh, that's you, you. You weren't paying attention then, yeah, I guess because not. it was more than obvious. I was not having fun with this show. <laughs> I would have made it. They would have made it somewhat redeemable. But I mean, had you I know. noticed. So, so that's why he like was okay with the way she act reacted. Well, she's you know. attractive. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then you know he he gets pissed off at the answering machine and unplugs it, and then it starts making all of its like friends that are recorded messages start calling him and literally driving him crazy. And yeah, the phone giving, won't stop ringing. Giving misinformation to people, and the machine tries to. Uh, the, well, the the guy was kind of happy that it was broken off. He didn't really think he needed to be with her. But then the answer machine called her and left a message for her to... Um, the, what he, ba- apologize. he said he would kill himself if she didn't come back to him. So and- she came back and then he was like... Fuck you. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's the only thing I liked about it. It was like he didn't take her back. He's like, no, I didn't. I didn't call you, and I don't care if we get married. It's and just... yeah, and then he gets a big break for a a mini series pitch. Yeah. And he hasn't a goddamn clue because it was the answering machine that pitched the story. And yet the producer's such a moron in his really bad tracksuit. 
yeah. that he doesn't even remember what the miniseries was about. Now, I wish I could dupe some stupid fucking producer into being that excited about something they don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, you know. funny is you, know, you, you, you would think this is a, like a, a blown out version of how some studio execs are just idiots. But I unfortunately, that's probably the one thing in this thing that's pretty factual. <laughs> I'll give you an example. Um, yeah, this happened this year, 2020. Um, well, this came to light in 2020. This actually happened back in 2018. But the studio that put out the movie Harriet, the based on Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. the movie's fucking terrible. And that's why I didn't watch it. Plays I heard it fast was bad. and loose with facts. And it's just stupid. If they just told the actual story, which is way more compelling than what they did. We'd be talking about it differently. But when this movie was still in the pitching stage, uh, Studio Zek at that studio, like, I, this is, I wish, I really do wish I'm making this up, but this actually happened. The, the studio exec said, why don't we get, uh, what was it? I think they wanted Gwyneth Paltrow to play. What? I shit you not. You Try wait. Look this up. Try wait. They wanted <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow, who, by the way, I'm not even going to spew what I think of her to begin with. Well, that has nothing as to do a with human, it. but a skinny white bitch to play, play Harriet, Harriet Tubman. Tubman. That's right. Okay, that's now the guy pitching the movie what said, the fuck? said uh, that we can't do that. Harriet Tubman is a black woman. We're talking about you know slave era. Time. This isn't like the the studio exec said. Well, that was a long time ago. Who remembers that? So that level of stupidity is a word, high. You know, this person is in charge of hundreds of millions of dollars. This is why I can't sell a screenplay this to is, make movies. This is why I can't sell a screenplay. Well, this, this could be a number of reasons, but those people in that holding those positions of power exist. That was the real story. So this guy being this inept, it sounds it, it's logical. Were they going to put her in blackface or something with the, the, the No, I know I'm being sarcastic. It, it, you know, it's just because that would have really improved her career. But the movie, you know, and Gwyneth Paltrow is such an idiot. She would have been like, okay, I'll play the part. Who knows? She's a moron. I'm not a fan either. But have you watched the Goop thing? Don't no, watch I, the I, Goop I, thing. I, I, no, I, oh, there's a whole episode on women's orgasms, and it acts like none of us know this shit. Anyway, back to the back story. Back to the story at hand. In any case, this is not Harry Anderson's best role. Yeah. Of, so, of all his yeah, roles. Yeah, if you know Harry Anderson, he was Night Court. And uh, and he's usually one of those actors who tends to play the same character, same guy. Oh, yeah. He's, all the he's time. basically, he's like Jeff Goldblum. Right. He's like also like Denzel. Or Morgan like, Freeman. Or Jack Nicholson. They're yeah. all really good, but they, but they are just they do are. versions of themselves. Or, this know. is like, you know, if you see like, you know, this is Harry as a writer, failed writer. Then you go to Night Court, this is Harry. And it's funny, they don't even change his name. He's Harry yeah. in Night Court, but he's a judge. And he's basically a comedic or, actor that or just plays Harry himself. the Flim Flam Man, yeah. you know, or, yeah. Yeah, but Jeff he's Goble literally the same, the same guy. He just yeah. plays Jeff Goldblum as this, and Jeff Goldblum was that. I will say in Thor Ragnarok, but yeah. Jeff Goldblum was... He was Jeff Goldblum. And he was but he was shit. awesome. But he's awesome. And, yeah. I mean, Denzel does the same thing. Denzel doesn't have... He's a 
award-winning actor. He's a great actor. He doesn't have but range. But he doesn't have a ton of range. Yeah. He just doesn't. None of the actors we just mentioned do. They just, no. But they're all great actors. Right. Anyway, enough blowing them. Back to this shit show. <laughs> um, I hated this show. I hated it. I hated I this the most of the lot. last four episodes we've recorded. Uh, you know, nine through here, they've been all bad, and this one is the worst. I I don't like this. I just I literally it's these episodes have the commercials taken out. They're only twenty two minutes, and I've checked my watch three times, mm-hmm. and I had to rewatch this because I wanted to take notes. Because I took bad notes the last time, and I didn't know why I took bad notes. It's and this is why, because so I was stupid. so fucking bored in this stupid story. And, yeah. Oh, so we, we're, we're skipping. We're gonna, let's get to the end. He, um, he uh, realizes back. that his answer machine, because he unplugged the answer machine after uh, the, it talked his girlfriend into getting back with him, and he had to chase her away. So he's like, that's it. You're fucking with my life. I'm unplugging you. And he said, you're going to regret it if you do. Please don't do it. He unplugs it. So what the answer machine ends up doing is going into every facet of phone calls. So he would get, like, calls from everything and nonsensical stuff. Like uh, the time, because back then, I don't know if people remember, there was an actual number you could call to get the exact time. And the weather. And the weather to set your watch or just so you'd know what the weather was. And then he ruins this this meeting with this producer because the the answering machine actually pitched the miniseries idea. Yeah. And it, he has no clue what yeah, it is. So the answering machine is him in another reality. And the answering machine is a better writer. And he pretty much... So when he goes back, he's going to plug it in and plead with it to tell him what he sent to... What the pitch was to this studio exec... And the stu- and the finally, answer machine wants fame. Mm-hmm. He wants recognition, mm-hmm. and he wants to use him as uh, the conduit. Mm-hmm. And he agrees, but now he's just a slave. He's going to get all the things he wants eventually, but he's a slave to this answer machine. And the answer machine wakes him up first thing in the morning. All right, start writing. This is what you're writing. He's basically just dictating. Dictating. And so, and that's you know that's, that's the it. the horror. It's just, it just sucks. It was, it was supposed to be funny. It wasn't funny. The acting is so bad it pulls you out of it. It's it, like, what director let this happen? I mean, it was really bad. They phoned this one in, pardon the pun. Ugh, it was oh, yeah, terrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> but fuck this episode. It was, yeah, it was fuck terrible. This episode. It was not great. Uh, so let's see what could have been great. Uh, Sunday, January 20th, 1985. Um... Let's see. The song choices. Not much has changed. Number one song is still Madonna's Like a Virgin. And everything is still the same as last week. I had that album. Well, actually not true. Number five hit was Philip Bailey, Easy Lover. Oh, that was a good song. Foreigner, I Want to Know What Love Is. Yes, I had that album too. I saw. I took Eloise, Eloise's, technically Eloise's first concert as Foreigner. I took her to see Foreigner. Uh, White Snake opened. Oh dear! It was awesome. She Slide danced. With, she danced with some lady that was like clearly living the eighties. She was like she had like acid wash skirt on. I have video of it. <laughs> but, uh-huh. uh, Wham is back on the charts with Careless Whisper. Oh yeah. Um, everything else is pretty much the same. Movies of that week. Um, almost you. 
uh, with uh, Brooke Adams and Griffith Dunn. I remember that. Don't one know at all. it. Hail Mary, one of the most controversial films of all time. I don't remember that one either. I don't remember that one either. I'm gonna look that up real quick. I'm just curious. What's the synopsis of that? Denounced by the Pope and banned and boycotted worldwide, this surprisingly serene and lyrical work translates the virgin birth into tangible contemporary terms, with Mary as a teenage basketball-playing gas station attendant who receives... <laughs> Sorry. ...who receives the enunciation by Jetliner. Mary is a beautiful yet ordinary teenager who vows to maintain her chastity Following a warn warning from an angel, a confused and innocent Mary unexpectedly falls pregnant and is forced to wed her, her taxi-driving boyfriend, Joseph. All right. No. Enough. Um, so, the only movie that sounds even remotely good is, uh, is a, a Phenomenon. Oh, well, that was decent. From Dario Gento. Yeah, that was a decent movie. I remember yeah, that yeah. one. I'm a big sci-fi. I, li I like old, uh, old uh, Dario Argento. It's mm, yeah, sci-fi sci element. Yeah, yeah. sci-fi thriller. Yeah, yeah. So that is uh, all clone. What is it called? A all a clone, clone by the, the telephone. God, a fucking terrible title. Everything about this one sucks. And the, and the clone has nothing to do with the. Like, alternate reality by the telephone would have even actually been better. Uh, been this better. sucks. Anyway, maybe episode 12 will be better. Or this is episode 12. Maybe 13. Maybe episode 13. Maybe lucky, lucky 13. Lucky 13. So we'll see you next week, folks. Take it easy. Shoots. I'm Damon. And I'm Audra. And we are Sorry Right Number. Okay, tonight's episode, episode 12, January 20th, 1985, All a Clone by the Telephone. First of all, title sucks. Yeah, it does. It kind of doesn't really roll off the tongue. And it makes absolutely no sense based on the this, this show. Stupid. All right, we'll get into this. This, uh... Okay. This 20 minutes, I want my life back. Yeah. The life of failed TV screenwriter Leon is taken over by a voice that emanates from inside his answering machine. Okay, this was done by Harry Anderson. Um, Who at the time was up and coming. I don't think he'd even been on Cheers yet, had he? Um, oh, yeah, he'd already been on Cheers and oh. Night Court. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Night Court was in 84. This is oh, in 85. Okay. He may have been on... Yeah, God. He was on Cheers from 82 to 83. So he'd already done okay. his run on Cheers. And he was the first year in the Night Court. Okay. So... So he was more than an up-and-comer by this point. Absolutely. Okay. But it, what's weird about this is that the acting... And not just him. All of it. All it of it. Terrible. And and like the guy who played his agent, well known character actor. Yeah, Dick Miller. Yeah. He's in everything from the sixties, seventies, eighties. Everything. Yeah. He was in like Barney Miller even, wasn't he? Uh, I can look it up. I, I wouldn't have doubted. He was in everything. Everything. And in all the cops. I'll just shows. give I'll just just right off the top of my head, I know he's in Howling, he's in the Burbs, he's in Gremlins, he's in the Terminator, he's in uh, Well that's right, he plays Demon the guy Knight. with the snow plan in yeah, Demon Knight. 
He's in. I mean, he's he passed away actually uh, January of last year. He was 90. You know, uh, just a quick sidebar. I forgot to talk about it. The last episode. Anyone that listened to the last episode, uh, we uh, was the um, oh, was it Jean No Chaser, yes. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that actor Charles Levin. He 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 died um, this year. Mm-hmm. He was. Uh, he wasn't that old. He was. Um, yeah, he died this year in Selma, Oregon. No. Oh. He was seventy. He had a. He was rock climbing. Had a fall. Died. That was kind of crazy. Well, right. and then and then Sean Connery. We uh, love. Sean Connery died today. Mm-hmm. Halloween. Um, because uh, we do multiple, we do re- we do multiple shows in in a, in, a, in a time, and we're doing this Halloween night. Cause... Yeah, Sean Connery uh, died today. Uh, also, ninety years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, all alone, yeah, back, all oh, a clone by the telephone. Yeah, so we're back to this piece of garbage. So let me get into. Uh, well, let's get into it. So this guy, he is a failed writer, and he gets a call. Oh, he gets an answering go ahead. machine. You, you do this one. This is so it's, annoying. He gets an answering machine. And this is like when the answering machine was a fucking piece of furniture. So oh, yeah. Not, everyone, you, had everyone had one. Everyone had one. And it, well, it, it, it was bigger than a, D, a v, well, VCR. It was as big as a VCR. Mm. Had two tapes. They were good size. They were smaller. The one in there was this big. Like, I, was, I, I saw the episode. Yeah. I mean, but so, and this was a time when everybody was just now getting the answering machine. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even think we had one at home, but we had, you know, like, whole waiting. But, um, yeah, so his answering machine basically has a mind of its own. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it has his voice. And it has his voice. And there's a couple of mentions of it being from an alternate reality but they don't ever explain why or where or what or Which is how. fine. I mean, I don't ever need to be... I don't need stuff to be spoon-fed to me all the time. And sometimes but, it's better if it's unknown. Well, it just is. is. But at the same time, it, like, insults his girlfriend's mother. And she breaks up with him yeah. over it. Uh, and it wasn't like... And let's be clear. It wasn't like... Uh, he called his, her mom a bag... Bag lady, a bag lady. So that was the, that was that constituted enough of an insult to cancel the your wedding plans. Mm-hmm. And I say, fine, if that's what it takes, you don't need to be with this bitch. But <laughs> but she wasn't wearing a bra, so you I know, didn't maybe, realize that. Oh, that's he, he, you weren't paying attention then, I guess because not. it was more than obvious. I was not having fun with the show. I would have made it. That would have made it somewhat redeemable. But I mean, had you I know. noticed. So, so that's why he like was okay with the way she act, reacted. Well, she's you know. attractive. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then you know he he gets pissed off at the answering machine and unplugs it, and then it starts making all of its like friends that are recorded messages start calling him and literally driving him crazy. And yeah, the phone won't him, stop ringing. Giving misinformation to people, and the machine tries to. Uh, the, well, the 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 guy was kind of happy that it was broken off. He didn't uh-huh. really think he needed to be with her, but then the answer machine called her and left a message for her to um, 
though what he he said he would kill himself if she didn't come back to him so she came back and then he was like fuck you he's like no (laughs) yeah basically that was the only thing I liked about it he was like he didn't take her back he's like no I didn't I didn't call you and I don't care if we get married and yeah and then he gets a big break for a a mini series pitch yeah and he hasn't a goddamn clue because it was the answering machine that pitched the story and yet the producer is such a moron in his really bad tracksuit yeah. that he doesn't even remember what the miniseries was about. Now, I wish I could dupe some stupid fucking producer into being that excited about something they don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, you know. funny, it's, you, know, you, you, you would think this is a, like a, a blown out version of how some studio execs are just idiots, but I unfortunately, that's probably the one thing in this thing that's pretty factual. <laughs> I'll give you an example. Um, yeah, this happened this year, 2020. Um, well, this came to light in 2020. This actually happened back in 2018. But the studio that put out the movie Harriet, the based on Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. the movie's fucking terrible. And that's it why I didn't watch it. Plays I heard it fast was bad. and loose with facts. And it's just stupid. If they just told the actual story, which is way more compelling than what they did. It, we'd be talking about it differently. But when this movie was still in the pitching stage, uh, Studio Zek at that studio, like, I, this is, I wish, I really do wish I'm making this up, but this actually happened. The, the studio exec said, why don't we get, uh, what was it? I think they wanted Gwyneth Paltrow to play. What? I shit you not. You Try can wait. Look this up. Try wait. They wanted <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow, who, by the way, I'm not even going to spew what I think of her to begin with well, that has as a human, it. but a skinny white bitch to play, play Harriet, Harriet Tubman. Tubman. That's right. Okay, that's now the guy pitching the movie what said, the fuck? said uh, that we can't do that. Harriet Tubman is a black woman. We're talking about you know slave era. Time. This isn't like the the studio exec said. Well, that was a long time ago. Who remembers that? So that level of stupidity is a word, high. You know, this person's in charge of hundreds of millions of dollars. This is why I can't sell a screenplay. This to is, make movies. This is why I can't sell a screenplay. Well, this, this could be a number of reasons, but those people in that holding those positions of power exist. That was the real story. So this guy being this inept, it sounds it, it's logical. Were they going to put her in blackface or something with the, the, the? No, I know I'm being sarcastic. It, but, you know, it's just because that would have really improved her career. But the movie, you know, and Gwyneth Paltrow is such an idiot. She would have been like, okay, I'll play the part. Who knows? She's a moron. I'm not a fan either. But have you watched the Goop thing? Don't no, watch I, the I, Goop I, thing. I, no, no. Oh, there's a whole episode on women's orgasms, and it acts like none of us know this shit. Anyway, back to the back story. Back to the story at hand. In any case, this is not Harry Anderson's best role. Yeah. Of, so, of all his yeah, roles. Yeah, if you know Harry Anderson, he was Night Court. And uh, and he's usually one of those actors who tends to play the same character, same guy, Oh well, yeah, he's, he's basically, he's like Jeff Goldblum. Right. He's like also like Denzel. Or Morgan like, Freeman. Or Jack Nicholson. They're yeah. all really good, but they, but they just they do are. versions of themselves. Or this know. is like you know if you see like 
you know, this is Harry as a writer, failed writer. Then you go to Night Court, this is Harry. And it's funny, they don't even change his name. He's Harry uh, yeah. in Night Court, but he's a judge. And he's basically a comedic or, actor that or just plays Harry himself. the Flim Flam Man, yeah. you know, or, yeah. Yeah, but and he's Jeff literally the same, the same guy. He just yeah. plays Jeff Goldblum as this, and Jeff Goldblum was that. I will say in Thor Ragnarok, yeah. Jeff Goldblum was... He was Jeff Goldblum. And he was but he was awesome. Shit. But he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Denzel does the same thing. Denzel doesn't have... He's a award-winning actor. He's a great actor. He doesn't have range. But he doesn't have a ton of range. Yeah. He just doesn't. None of the actors we just mentioned do. They just, no. But they're all great actors. Right. Anyway, enough blowing them. Back to this shit show. <laughs> um, I hated this show. I hated it. I, I hated this the most of the lot. last four episodes we've recorded. Uh, you know, nine through here, they've been all bad, and this one is the worst. I I don't like this. I just I literally it's these episodes have the commercials taken out. They're only twenty two minutes, and I've checked my watch three times, mm-hmm. and I had to rewatch this because I wanted to take notes. Because I took bad notes the last time, and I didn't know why I took bad notes. And this is why, because I was so fucking bored in this stupid story. And, yeah. Oh, so we're we're skipping. Let's get to the end. He he, uh, realizes that his answer machine, because he unplugged the answer machine after... Uh, they talked his girlfriend into getting back with him and he had to chase her away so he's like that's it you're fucking with my life I'm unplugging you and he said you're going to regret it if you do please don't do it he unplugs it so what the answer machine is of doing is going into every facet of phone calls so he would get like calls from everything and nonsensical stuff like uh, the time because back then I don't know if people remember, there was an actual number you could call to get the exact time. And the set, weather. And the weather to set your watch or just so you'd know what the weather was. And then he ruins this this meeting with this producer because the the answering machine actually pitched the miniseries idea. Yeah. And he it, has no clue what yeah, it is. So the answering machine is him in another reality. And the answering machine is a better writer. And he pretty much... So when he goes back, he's going to plug it in and plead with it to tell him what he sent to what the pitch was to this studio exec and the stu- and it finally answer machine wants fame mm-hmm. he wants recognition mm-hmm. and he wants to use him as uh, the conduit mm-hmm. and he agrees but now he's just a slave he's gonna get all the things he wants eventually but he's a slave to this answer machine and the answer machine wakes him up first thing in the morning alright start writing this is what you're writing he's basically just Dictating. Dictating. And so, and that's, you know, that's, that's the, the horror. It's just, it just sucks. It was it was supposed to be funny. It wasn't funny. The acting is so bad, it pulls you out of it. It's it, like, what director let this happen? I mean, it was really bad. They phoned this one in, pardon the pun. Ugh, it was, oh, God, yeah, terrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> but fuck this episode. It was, yeah, it was fuck terrible. This episode. It was not great. Uh, so let's see what could have been great. Uh, Sunday, January 20th, 1985. Um, let's see. The song choices. Not much has changed. Number one song is still Madonna's Like a Virgin. And everything is still the same as last week. I had that album. Well, actually not true. Number five hit was Philip Bailey, Easy Lover. Oh, that was a good song. Foreigner, I Want to Know What Love Is. Yes, I had that album too. I saw. I took Eloise's, Eloise's, technically Eloise's first concert is Foreigner. I took her to see Foreigner. 
White Snake opened. Oh dear. It was awesome. She Slide danced. With, she danced with some lady that was like clearly living the eighties. She was like she had like acid wash skirt on. I have video of it. <laughs> but, uh-huh. uh, Wham is back on the charts with Careless Whisper. Oh yeah. Um, everything else is pretty much the same. Movies of that week. Um, Almost You uh, with uh, Brooke Adams and Griffith Dunn. Don't remember that one. Don't know it. Hail Mary, one of the most controversial films of all time. I don't remember that one either. I don't remember that one either. I'm going to look that up real quick. I'm just curious. What's the synopsis of that? Denounced by the Pope and banned and boycotted worldwide, this surprisingly serene and lyrical work translates the virgin birth into tangible contemporary terms with Mary as a teenage basketball playing gas station attendant who receives <laughs> Sorry. who receives the enunciation by Jetliner. Mary is a beautiful yet ordinary teenager who vows to maintain her chastity following a warn- warning from an angel, a confused and innocent Mary unexpectedly falls pregnant and is forced to wed her, her taxi-driving boyfriend, Joseph. All right. No. Enough. Um, so, the only movie that sounds even remotely good is uh, is a, a phenomenon. Oh, that was decent. From Dario Argento. Yeah, that was a decent movie. I remember yeah, that yeah. one. I'm a big... Sci-fi. I, li- I like old, uh, old uh, Dario Argento. It's, yeah, sci-fi, sci-fi element. Hit, yeah. But he's, yeah. Sci-fi thriller, yeah. Yeah. So that is uh, all clone. What is it called? A cl- all a clone, a clone by the, the tele- telephone. God, a fucking terrible title. Everything about this one sucks. And the, and the clone has nothing to do with the like alternate reality by the telephone would have even actually been better. Been this better. sucks. Anyway, maybe episode twelve will be better. Or this is episode 12. Maybe 13. So 13. Maybe lucky, lucky 13. 13. So we'll see you next week, folks. Take it easy. Shoots.